Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Hello and welcome to a July 15th Friday afternoon edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I am your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson. I was the Blazers beat writer for the last three years at the Vancouver Columbian. You can currently find my written work on the Blazers at blazersedge.com. The Blazers are already playing their final summer league game of the summer down in Las Vegas against the Boston Celtics. Even if they win today, it will be their last summer league game. And although they're playing, we're going to take the opportunity right now on the Friday episode to answer some Twitter questions. I asked for those on Twitter through the Locked On Blazers Twitter feed, and we got a few responses. You can send any and all Blazers or NBA-related questions that you may have via email to LockedOnBlazers at gmail.com, or you can tweet the show at LockedOnBlazers, or if you prefer to send them directly to me, I'm also on Twitter, because, I mean, if you love the NBA, what else are you doing? Of course, I'm on Twitter. You can send them to me directly at Eric underscore Gunderson. Before we get to those Twitter questions, we have just the slightest small small amount of news to cover it seems like the Blazers did listen to me. They heeded my advice, which I gave to them and all of you on the last episode of the Lockdown Blazers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, that Noah Vonley looked really tired and that he should probably sit out this game since it doesn't matter at all. Not that Summer League ever matters, but he is sitting out. He did not start, which he had for the previous four games of the Summer League and it looks like he's going to nurse that quad injury. And, he, you know, he looked really tired. He, he was laboring out there. He definitely needs to take a break. N- nobody is really playing any of these games at Summer League at this stage. Ben Simmons has been sitting out games. The Utah Jazz sat Trey Lyles the other day. And Pat Connaughton, Jake Lehman, Luis Montero are all still scheduled to play. Montero's there, you know, fighting for a roster spot. And we'll talk about those guys if they have a breakout game or anything, if anything noteworthy happens tomorrow, I'm not sure that anything noteworthy is going to happen, even if you, you never know. But they're playing right now against the Boston Celtics down in Vegas, the Summer League finale. No Noah Vonley. He's sitting out. No Shabazz Napier, who was ruled out for the duration of Summer League. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to those guys if we need to. Uh, I'm bummed on missing out on Summer League this year. It's kind of like summer camp. For NBA writers, and, and it's the mecca of crappy basketball. It's always a fun time. Bummed I couldn't make it this year, but I, I I hope to be back next year. And without any more roundaboutness, as I promised, we will get to the Twitter questions, and I will cut to the chase here now. The first question is a very topical one from Daniel Deveni. I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing your your name correctly, Daniel. Uh, he's on Twitter at PT Blazer Fan is his Twitter handle, 
And his question is about Maurice Harkless. And you may remember that he has still not re-signed with the Blazers. He's still not officially back with the team, or nor has he signed an offer sheet with any other team. He is a restricted free agent. And Daniel asks, what do you see or foresee happening with Harkless long-term? Does he get a long-term deal with the Blazers? Does he leave for another team? Or does he take the one-year qualifying offer to stay with the team for one more season and then become an unrestricted free agent next summer? So let's start with the first thought I have regarding Harkless. And that's that I think he will be on the team come next season. If nothing else, the signing of Evan Turner signified to me that the Blazers have an incredible willingness to spend on the team this year and that the luxury tax is not really a concern of theirs at at this point in the game. I think I mentioned it a little bit in, in one of the previous episodes that Paul Allen was really moved by how this team performed last year, how they completely defied expectations. There were reports that you know, he broke down in tears after the end of the season telling the team how proud he was. And it, it seems to me that the the signing of Turner and the willingness to pay him pretty hefty dollars and even the, the, the Chandler Parsons negotiations before that signify that they do not care about paying the luxury tax and that Paul Allen is willing to spend anything and everything he has to to make this team as good as it could possibly be. Whether they get to the luxury tax this year is is kind of a small question. If Harkless gets an annual salary this season above $8.91 million, then the Blazers will be a tax team. If he signs the qualifying offer, which is about half of that, then they won't be a tax team this year, and the Blazers can stay off the tax list for for at least one more season. However, the tax is going to come no matter what. CJ McCollum is almost certainly going to get a max contract extension next offseason, and the cap is was projected to potentially go up another sixteen million dollars, which probably would have given the Blazers, which would have definitely given the Blazers more room to work with in in terms of the tax, but. The projections as of right now, according to Eric Pincus of Basketball Insiders, project that the cap is only going to go up $8 million, which isn't really going to help the Blazers avoid the tax when you factor in the certain McCollum extension that's coming. So they're going to be a tax team one way or another. And I think Harkless will be back on the team. I think he will be back on the team. And I don't think it's going to be the qualifying offer. I think he's going to take a multi-year deal. I don't know if it's going to be a four-year deal like Crab or Turner or or Leonard, but I think he will be back with the team at least for a couple more seasons. The price might be good enough to avoid the tax this season, but when you look at what Wings have been getting on the open market, you kind of have to doubt that. And the wing market is pretty shallow right now. All of them got scooped up really early on in free agency. It wasn't a great free agency class, which is something that a lot of people have said. Next summer's free agent class is supposed to be much, much better in terms of impact players on the market, not just stars. Obviously, Kevin Durant was there, but there's going to be a lot more guys that can really make an impact on a team. And I think the teams will still have their doubts about Harkless, but I, I do think that Portland will keep him. He was really close with a lot of the guys on the team. 
there's one more there, there's a roster spot basically for him the Blazers don't have to waive anybody to keep him and like I said again I the tax does not seem like a legitimate concern for the Blazers I don't think that that's a talking point right now because it, it's clear that they're they're definitely willing to go into the tax and I don't see Portland making wing depth a weakness after what they did in targeting Turner the offer to Chandler Parsons they let Gerald Henderson walk but I, I think they really wanted to bolster their wing depth this season. I think they're basically swapping out a big man in, in a big man in Chris Kamen basically to get more wing depth. And so bringing in Harkless will, will keep that depth, gives them another guy that can play three and four in the small ball era against your modern power forwards. I, I think that Turner is a bigger guy. He's 6'7". He's got long arms. But I don't really think that he can play four. He might be able to against certain guys. But I don't really see him as an alternative to Al Farouk Aminu in that small ball 3-4 spot. And I, there's still the possibility that another team gives him an offer sheet. But it it does look like teams are kind of going in into contingency plans already. Brooklyn is signing uh, a bunch of guys that I've never heard of. And they brought back Anthony Bennett. The, the, the Mavericks are signing a bunch of signed a guy from China the other day. So it seems like people are trying to, to, to get to the minimum market right now. And I, I don't know if there's any teams out there that are willing to overpay Harkless, especially because there there's, there's definitely still has to be some doubt with the fact that he struggled so much in his last season in Orlando. He did really bounce back last year, but you have to wonder, is your culture strong enough to help him get better? Is it strong enough with enough players around him that set an example like the Blazers have with guys like Lillard, guys like McCollum, guys like even Alfred Rukaminu who stay in the gym all day after practice shooting jumpers? You know that that's contagious, and so you have to have you have to believe in the fact that your team can bring in a guy like Harkless, who has had a history of kind of mentally checking out. That's not it's not uh, it's not an inaccurate thing to say, and he almost did for a brief time last year until you know, he did get end up getting back on the court. And I think the league also potentially has a lockout coming. Their tax structure could be different. The both sides can opt out at the end of next season. So I think with all of that, I think the Blazers are going to be in spend mode. I think they kind of want to lock in what their roster is going to look like for the next few years. And from what I've seen so far in Summer League, I don't think we can realistically expect any of those wings to really make an impact on the Blazers next season. I know that Jake Lehman profiles with his size and athleticism to potentially be a small ball for like Aminu has been like Harkless has been, but he's still going to be a rookie. And I don't just given Portland's history with rookie players outside of Damian Lillard, who is an anomaly in that respect, they don't normally see the floor. So I think if the Blazers really want to try and win as many games as possible, have contingencies all over the roster in case someone gets hurt guys that are versatile, I think they have to bring Harkless back. I think they'll bring him back for at least a two-year deal. He's 23. I don't think he's going to do the qualifying offer. I think the Blazers would be very wary of that if he, for some reason, has a breakout season and the Blazers will no longer have the matching rights. So 
I think they bring him back for a multi-year deal. Qualifying offer is not is not something that I see. So thanks to Daniel for that question. And we're going to answer one more before the end of the episode. And it comes from Edward Thunnen, uh, at ER Thunnen on Twitter. Uh, again, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing the name. Twitter doesn't come with uh, a pronunciation guide like the dictionary. And Ed's question is about another young blazer. Ed asks, what is the best case scenario for Vonley? What is his ceiling? He's talking about Noah Vonley, of course. And that's an interesting question and a tricking one that I have battled with myself quite often and have ever since the Blazers got him ever since he was in summer league last season. And I'll say, first of all, that I do think Vonley has the potential to be better than every other big man on the roster. And I do think that their eventual franchise trajectory, how high this franchise can go, will be impacted in a large part by how he improves. We saw that the Blazers were either unable or uninterested to add a real rim-protecting big in the offseason. And I, I do think it's a little... It, it doesn't really make sense that they were unwilling because there was tons of reported interest about Hassan Whiteside, tons of reported interest about Dwight Howard. It obviously makes them look a little bit better if they don't, if they weren't pursuing these guys and got spurned, which is the Portland narrative about free agents. But they do really need a big man. The reason that they had interest in those guys, the reason that that was reported is because they needed a big man to protect the basket. They got Festus Azili for that exact reason and did it on a bargain deal and got a bargain because he has bad knees. So to say that they weren't targeting a big man is baloney for me. And they need a big man that can really change the game. And although Vonley has the potential to be better than all the bigs on the roster, I still think right now he's at the bottom of the pecking order, which I addressed in, in yesterday's episode, the Thursday episode, when I ranked the Blazers big men in terms of importance for next season. And you look at all the things that Vonley can do right now on the court, just, just looking at what he can do. This is not even just potential and he can already switch everything on defense. He's a pretty solid rebounder and he's a really good ball handler. You can really see him with just starting off with those skills that he can be the quintessential center that the center position is becoming. You look at all you look at Draymond Green, for instance, and that's the number one example. But you also look at guys who are in Vonley's age range, Porzingis, Carl Towns, guys that are versatile, can shoot, can dribble can defend all five positions, can switch everything. They can protect the rim. It's it's doing everything that you want a center to do, plus all the, the traits that we often associate with per, more perimeter-oriented players. He's so versatile. He can make plays with the ball in space. And I think he could be a, a true game-changer for the Blazers. And the two things that, for me, are really going to impact Vonley's trajectory from either being a middling rotation player or a starter, you know, or just a solid starter to impact player and maybe even a guy that could maybe one day make an all-star team is he's got to be able to make shots both from the perimeter and at the basket, which is a big ask 
that's obviously a problem for a lot of guys. If everybody could do that, everybody would be all-stars. And also playing with a little bit of a mean streak, developing some kind of a killer instinct, because I think that's the one thing that I really see different from Von Ley and maybe some of the guys like Towns or Porzingis even, that those guys, you can see the passion that those guys play with. And maybe that's just a, uh, the kind of guy that Von Ley is. He's a quiet kid. He doesn't, he's not really super loud. He's not out to, you know, bump in his chest or whatever, but he, I, I think he needs a little bit more of that because that swagger, that confidence, that intensity, that laser like focus is, is, is necessary because I think he drifts in and out of focus a little bit and he's able to make up for it a lot of times when he's on the court, when he's not entirely focused or gets caught off guard just by the simple fact that he is so athletic, has such long arms, big hands, an, 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 just an innate defensive ability that is in, that is in there that you can't teach. And he makes up for his shortcomings a lot just with his physical tools, but he was left open way too much last year on the offensive end. He did look to be a little bit more comfortable shooting threes in the summer league, but that needs to carry over into the MB into the real NBA situation where it's, it's probably a little bit harder to keep that confidence up when you're not undoubtedly the best player on the team. And the number one option like he was in summer league. And it really killed Portland spacing. And I really think that Vonley has the potential one day to be an all defensive type player. Uh, and, and, and if he can make plays with the ball, like he does already and make threes and finish at the rim against other good big men, you're talking about a guy that has the tools to potentially make an all-star team. And so I'm not saying that he's going to be an all-star. I'm, I'm just answering the question what his ceiling is, and that I do think really is his ceiling. Obviously, he's still so young. He still hasn't shown a whole lot on the NBA court to really pr- prove that yet, but I just think his physical tools, his profile, his skills, all those things, you add them up, and if he can get it all together, which is the biggest question and has always been the question about Von Ley dating back to, to Charlotte was, you know, is he going to get it all together? That's the doubt, and some guys never do. That's 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 a fact. Guys, guys never, ever get it all together, and so it, it could be a situation where – you know, it becomes like Anthony Randolph or something like that. Got you know, I'm sure you don't want to hear that, but you know that that's probably the worst case scenario for Vonley. If you want to answer, if you want to hear the other end of that question, which was not asked, but that's probably the other end of the spectrum for him. He's got a really high ceiling. I think right now he's already a pretty strong rebounder. Anthony Randolph probably a little harsh uh, comparison, but he's already can can rebound. He's got a good second jump to get offensive rebounds. He was the best rim protector on the Blazers last year, even though he had limited minutes. His his allowed field goal percentage was the lowest on the Blazers team. And the Draymond Green comparison is not something that I uh, am just pulling out, although I did think that, you know, his skills as a five were similar to that. But guys like Damian Lillard said, you know, there's a little bit of Draymond Green to his game. And I think the biggest thing for him at his age is confidence and just continuing to learn the NBA game. The guy has not been in the league that long. Last year was effectively his rookie season, and he's still only scratching the surface, and he's super, super young. And I don't want 
I think the most important thing for Blazers fans to have with him is patience. And just because guys like Porzingis and Towns are really, really flourishing right now that are in the same age range as he and and showing much, much more on the NBA court than Vonley is, I don't want you to get discouraged and think, oh, well, you know, this guy sucks. He'll never be good. I think if Portland really wants to go deep in the playoffs for years to come, they're going to need him to find a couple of more gears around when Damian Lillard starts to get into his prime. I'm not saying that he needs to find those gears next year, but you know, soon after next year, which the the following season after that would be his fourth year, that's when you need to start seeing a little bit more from him. And then you can start maybe doubting a little bit, but still, as we've seen with Myers Leonard, things happen, you get hurt and, and things get in the way sometimes. And so uh, I, I think patience is still the number one thing to have with Vonley. I think he has the potential to make an all-star game one day, be an all-defense type player, and and that's really where I see his ceiling. Uh, and I, I, you know, we'll have to see how he develops. But I think that is a is a really really important thing to watch for the Blazers moving forward. Is how much better is he getting? Is he getting better? Because I do think the ceiling for this Blazers team in large part will be determined by how close Vonley comes to reaching his ceiling. Thanks again to Daniel and Edward for those Twitter questions. I'll definitely answer more of those as we go forward here on the Locked On Blazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I have been your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson. It's a Friday night. If it's the end of your work week, congratulations. If not, keep making that money. And I'm going to go to the Crystal Ballroom tonight with my boy Sean Hyken, who is the co-host for Locked On Bulls. And if you are interested in the Chicago Bulls and all the craziness that's going down with the Bulls, with uh, D-Wade, with Jimmy Butler, with Rajon Rondo, they traded Derrick Rose, they got ex-Blazer Robin Lopez in the fold. If you want to know what's going on with the Bulls, check out Sean's podcast, Locked On Bulls. And Sean also co-hosts an NBA podcast with me that we do weekly called the Bulls versus Blazers. And we're going to be at the Crystal Ballroom tonight to check out Damian Lillard, a.k.a. Dame Dalla's first live hip-hop show. So I'll have some kind of dispatch from there, uh, from the Crystal Ballroom. I'm sure it'll be a a fun experience. I've never been to a NBA player's rap concert. I've been to more than a few rap concerts in my day, but never uh, of an NBA player. So that should be interesting as well. And maybe, just maybe, we'll have some Mo Harkless news to update you on. Look out for some more great stuff next week. We already have a few guests scheduled, so I'm excited about that. I'm going to keep those under wraps and try and surprise you when we get those guests. Tell your friends about the podcast, sponsors, possibly you. Shout out to Prestige Worldwide for the the uh, uh, the template for asking for sponsors, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Listen to us on the Audio Boom app, and subscribe to our RSS feed. And as always, give us a five star review. Only five stars. Thanks for joining us. Be safe out there in this crazy world, and we'll catch you next time. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. 
Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.